Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and after a nice long weekend, I'm back in the seat, ready to take on more obscure, hard-to-find, little-scene, old-school, grindhouse, gory, crazy uh, horror movies, or at least movies in that genre. So, uh Here we go. I'm going to get started. This episode is going to be dedicated to uh, Hammer Horror. Now, uh, Hammer Studios, uh, which is over in the UK, uh, they've got such a huge library of movies, so I'm not going to even remotely try to tackle all of them or even, you know, a broad range of their movies. I'm going to focus on one set of movies from Hammer Studios. And uh, in in the future, I'm also going to be hitting on different uh, other Hammer movies, but I thought I'd start with my favorite collection of Hammer movies. Uh, Out of of Hammer Studios, there was three, it seemed like there was three main, uh, three main subgenres that they did in the horror section that, that uh, still live on to this day. Uh, The first one is the Dracula series. Next up is Frankenstein, and then to a lesser extent, The Mummy. And The Mummy, there was only three of, of those that they made. Uh, Frankenstein, I want to say there's five, maybe six uh, Frankenstein movies. And But the one I'm going to be focusing on today is the Dracula series. And uh, Dracula has four, five, six, seven, eight, I believe eight of them. And I've watched them all. And uh, numerous times, well, most of them numerous times, uh, and I'm going to just get into the uh, my thoughts on those movies. Now, I'm not going to get into too much of the technical details of these movies. Uh, that is that is a, a piece of history because these movies we're talking about. I mean, the first Dracula that came out of Hammer uh, Studios that came out in. I'm just looking here on my on my. Blu-ray. I believe that was in the fifties that that movie came out, nineteen fifty-eight, and and they the last one, Dracula, Dracula. Um, oh boy, let me just see here. Um, uh, I've got a, the Satanic Rites of Dracula that came out in nineteen seventy-three or seventy-four. Um, and don't let the title fool you; it's nothing at all like it sounds. Uh, so, so anyway, there's as you can see, there's a lot of different Dracula movies from from Hammer Studios. And this was kind of their this was their moneymaker. They they made some money on these things as well as the Frankenstein movies. And uh, and rightly so, these are great movies. Uh, most of these feature feature um, Christopher Lee, legendary Christopher Lee as Dracula and Peter Cushing as his uh, arch nemesis out to defeat him, and we all know that he would be Van Helsing. So there's different characters that play different roles in the different movies, but uh, lots of times Peter Cushing does pop in, although Christopher Lee is in almost all of them, other than he is not in Brides of Dracula, which I will get to that later. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna, I, I hope I get as much information on these correctly as I can, so I apologize if there's a couple things that I... That I uh, I don't get quite right, uh, but I'm going to mainly just focus on my love of these movies, what makes them so good, what makes them iconic, and uh, 
what makes them worth checking out. And I do think that uh, not just the Dracula movies, but Hammer Studios in general gets lumped in with like, oh, those are cheesy cult classics. Uh, you know, to me personally, these are take away the cult, cla- take away the cheesy, and take away the cult. These are classic movies. Uh, some of them sure aren't as good as others, but there's some of these that are fantastic movies and uh, not cheesy, well made, great production values, great acting, great storylines. Uh, a lot of these were filmed uh, on location, like they, they use a lot of the sets over and over and over again. Uh, at I believe it was Bray Studios is where they shot a lot of these movies at. Uh, Hammer Pictures, and there's a, there is a wealth of information out there about Hammer. Uh, they really, uh, it's it's interesting the 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 history of Hammer. Um, they wanted to take horror into a, the next generation. So, and and what that meant was going from the old black and white movies to blood red color, and infusing a little bit of risque, you know, more scantily clad women and more, you know trying to get away with a little bit more bloodshed maybe. Um, and then from there, and then that took off and from there, and there was a lot of imitators, uh, they eventually played second fiddle to American horror movies. Once Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the Exorcist came out, uh, those movies, I don't want to say they put hammer out of business, but they, they certainly didn't help hammer any at all. Uh, those movies really, People got tired of the old gothic horror movies, and they wanted to see modern movies set now, and that are that were you know Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Exorcist. And Hammer tried to play catch up, and they tried to do some di- some things different. And some of them worked quite well. Um, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell is a prime example of of Hammer still trying to do their old school stuff, the gothic stuff, but infusing some really gruesome gruesome scenes uh, and there's there's other ones too they they really turned into grindhouse exploitation towards the end of their big reign back in those days but they also have some truly fantastic classical movies and uh, the first one the first Dracula especially uh, and I'll, I'll tell you watching this thing for the first time I was completely blown away at just how good this movie is, uh, and it's it's essentially that's this the Bram Stoker Dracula. So they were taking that storyline and they're infusing it with, at the time, as much bloodshed as they could, and um, you know it's it's in color, and this is in the fifties still. The, the running time is only eighty two minutes long, but it's a fast eighty two minutes, of course, uh, but not a second is wasted. Everything from the gothic feel of the movie, from the the atmosphere, from the the film stock, to the acting, to the sets, everything works beautifully. And the music in this movie, oh man, it, it's the mu- the music is so good in this movie. Um, Terrence Fisher directed it, and Terrence Fisher, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he has so many movies that he's directed. He's such a good director. Just type in Terrence Fisher on IMDb and see the long, extensive list of movies that this guy's done. Fantastic. And he he updated Dracula and gave it so much more bite, that storyline, no pun intended, obviously, than what it what it had been, the old the old universal creature feature. Uh, this thing here has the ever 
fantastic Christopher Lee as the Prince of Darkness, and he is so good in this. And just from the opening, the opening scene of the movie with the the music that's uh, so iconic now with this series, and it it's so impactful and it's filled with dread. And then we've got the lush castles and horse-drawn carriages, and almost all these movies have you know the old school. Uh, little villages from, from way back, way back when, and the you know, horse-drawn carriages, and the you know, the damsels in distress, and the uh, just all those cool production values, it, and they're so good. And you know, fog machine after fog machine is used in these things. I love it. I, I love, love, love that. This one here, I actually imported the uh, the Blu-ray of this uh, from the UK, and it was worth every penny. Um, there is a 2012 Hammer restoration, as well as a BFI 2007 restoration. The 2012 is the one to watch, obviously. Uh, there is some great special features on this thing, as far as the censorship that they that they face with this movie. Uh, just a documentary on the film's creation and um, uh, just resurrecting Dracula, like wanting to come up with Dracula and refreshing it and. Dracula came to be came into being because Hammer's Frankenstein was a was a success. Frankenstein is not quite the quality I think as, of as Dracula, but it's still a great movie. Uh, because of that, though, they're like, let's do Dracula and let's let's do it hardcore and hardcore. I mean, this movie is, I mean, it's maybe a strong PG, maybe PG thirteen in this day and age. Now. The later Draculas are definitely R-rated stuff still to this day. But at, at this point in the 50s, you know, people aren't used to tons and tons of bloodshed. But Hammer was doing it, and I commend them for that. This this one here has a couple scenes, Long Thought Lost, uh, especially uh, Dracula's demise in the end of the movie. Uh, it's I, I remember, vaguely remember seeing this on television as a kid, it was one of those Saturday afternoon movies on you know Channel Forty Three or whatever, and I, I just remember catching a little bit of the end when Dracula turns to dust, and I remember being like, "Wow, that was so cool!" And it's just this vague memory that I have. Um, well, this version here has a lot more of that, and it's it's so neat the way they do it, and it works, uh, especially for the fifties. I'm like, "That's that's some good special effects for the fifties," but anyway. Dracula, Prince of Darkness, or, well, Prince of Darkness is the next one, uh, but uh, Blood of Dracula is the American title for this movie. Um, can't recommend it enough. It's fantastic. Watch it immediately. Uh, and I'm not getting too much into the storylines because it's Dracula, so you pretty much know it's about Dracula. Um, so, next up, uh, after we go with the uh, original Dracula... Um, I've got my my stack of movies here. Um, we jump to uh, the next one, and that would be The Brides of Dracula. And this one here does not feature Christopher Lee. It does not uh, it does not have actual Dracula in it because Dracula was essentially killed in the first one. Peter Cushing is back as uh, as Van Helsing. Um, I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray here just to give you an idea of what the movie's about. Uh, Transylvania, uh, 
Transylvania, land of dark forests, dread mountains, and black, unfathomed lakes. Still the home of magic and devilry as the 19th century draws to its close. Uh, Count Dracula, monarch of all vampires, is dead, but his disciples live on to spread the cult and corrupt the world. Young and beautiful Paris schoolteacher Danielle is on her way by coach to take up a post at the Badstein Girls Academy where where her journey is strangely interrupted, and she is pursued... She's persuaded to spend the night at the bleak, dilapidated chateau uh, in the hill. That night, she sees uh, in another wing of the chateau the, long, the lone figure of a man who turns out to be the Baroness's son. Uh, she inquires why the Baroness has not mentioned him and is told that he is ill, mentally ill. She helps a young man escape the shackles his mother has put on him, and in doing so, she innocently unleashes the horrors of the undead once again on the populace, including those at her school for ladies. Luckily for some, Dr. Van Helsing is already on his way. And uh, I'll tell you, this one here holds up so well. It does suffer some from not having... Uh, from not having Christopher Lee, but it's cool. It's weird. You almost feel Christopher Lee's presence in the movie, uh, especially watching the first Dracula and knowing, you know, knowing the storyline. It's like, this is about his minions and this is about, um, the offspring. And, uh, it's, it's really, really good. It's got all the Gothic feel that the first one did. Uh, it's, it seems to have a little bit more of a budget. um, the, the the vampires they've got the cool fangs and you know even in this one here they're starting to push the lines with the slightly more scantily clad uh, women in the movie and pushing the bloodshed as much as they can which you know, obviously is still not much this is 1960 um, but still doing as much as they can and it is big 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 thumbs up. Um, I've got the import Blu-ray has some great special features on it. If you've got a Blu-ray player and especially a region free Blu-ray Blu-ray player, I cannot recommend enough importing these things because they are, uh, they are capsules in history and they're so good and they don't make movies like this anymore. They try, in fact, hammer hammers, uh, Woman in Black, I thought was a very valiant attempt at recreating what they had back in the sixties with, these gothic horror movies. Uh, but it's just hard to nail that feel. Uh, so anyway, and also of note, uh, if you watch any of the special features, they, they bring up the forest that a lot of these movies take place in. They had a forest, uh, I think at, I don't want to say Pinewood studios, but uh, that doesn't sound right. I wish I'd have more information pulled up in front of me, but, um, they used the same woods over and over and over and over again in their movies, and you can tell. And they used the same sets over and over and over and over again. We're talking like down to set decor in a house. You see that in, in numerous Hammer movies spread across um, their horror line and their some sci-fi. And it's, just, it's funny how they reused so much stuff. But they were all about pumping out lower-budget movies and making a profit. And they were doing it. They were succeeding. Um, I mean, I could spend a lot of time talking about some of the non Dracula Frankenstein mummy hammer movies, and I probably will at a later date. Um, but anyway, moving on. So Brides of Dracula, another thumbs up. Next up is, I think this is my personal favorite of the Dracula series and that's Dracula Prince of Darkness. And this one here has, has, uh, 
Christopher Lee back as Dracula. I'm going to read the back of the movie here. Four English tourists find themselves stranded in the mysterious village of Carlsbad, a sinister and remote place of deadly dark legend. Their journey leads them to an abandoned castle where a nightmarish destiny awaits them. However, it wasn't just fate that brought them here, but an evil force in need of resurrection, a blood-craving beast known only as Count Dracula, Prince of Darkness. This was released in 1966. This is Hammer's... uh, this is Hammer's second movie with Christopher Lee as Dracula, and this one here really pushed the boundaries of graphic uh, graphic violence and gore in movies. Uh, this now is rated uh, over in the UK is is got a 15 rating, and that's that's the equivalent of a of a light R, I would say, rightly and rightly so. This is this was pretty graphic stuff. Um, this one here. Ha- there are scenes in other Dracula movies that might work a little bit better, but as a whole, this one here is just fantastic. Um, uh, Dracula, Christopher Lee does not utter one word in this movie. In the other ones, he talks. And in this one, he does not, and it makes him all the more sinister. There's a very slow buildup in this movie. Um, Dracula is not in this movie that much. But like Brides of Dracula, his presence is felt the whole way through with the atmosphere um, and the setup. And you, you know he's you know he's around the bend. You know he's he's going to be resurrected. And the resurrection scene is so good. It's so good and it's so hardcore. Even for today, it's like oof, man, that's rough. Um, but I love this movie. Uh, the abrupt ending. A lot of these movies, like the old Kung Fu movies, have very abrupt endings to where 30 seconds before the movie is over, it seems like you're in the middle of a big action finale, and then boom, it's done. The end. And no no end credits. It's just the end. Done. And and this is no exception. There's a a great end battle, and you're like, okay, here we go. Done. And it's it's kind of humorous if you're prepared for it. But I don't want to give too much away, but of all the Dracula movies... Prince of Darkness is, if you're going to watch two of them, the original and Prince of Darkness are the go-to movies to to watch. Um, so I can't recommend it enough. Watch it as soon as you can. If you're into gothic classic movies, it is so, so, so good. Um, now we're, we're going to start getting into the Dracula movies that aren't quite as good, but um, but still they're um, they're very worthy of... Uh, of of watching so um, some of the other ones that that came out I'm um, just looking here we've got Dracula has risen from the grave and Dracula has risen from the grave uh, let me just do a little research here um, again that is, we've got Christopher Lee back Dracula has um, Dracula uh, when his castle is exercised Dracula plots his revenge against uh, the, the, the people that did it, who performed the rites by attempting to make the holy man's young niece his bride. So he's out to seduce this this uh, lady. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to give too much away because these things all, they end up all being very similar. So it's basically Dracula versus uh, townspeople. And there's usually some young buxom blonde that he's after to sink his teeth into. And that's, that's kind of where what what these things are like. This one here, this is interesting. This one here gets a G rating. And it's funny because this is hardcore. I mean, this is pushing R rated. Uh, and 
I, I know that uh, there's there's some talk as to why this thing was was rated G, uh, but it's it's a fluke. Trust me, this thing is uh, is not G at all. Um, so there is some uh, there is some some talk that the MPAA didn't even watch this one, which is odd because the last couple Draculas were so rough, and then they didn't. They just slapped it with a G rating. It's just, it's so bizarro. Uh, but it's really good. But already this one here, it's not quite as good as the first three. And it this just kind of goes with the territory with horror movies is, um, you know, diminished returns. The law of diminished returns. It's Now it's the fourth movie and uh, it's the acting is not quite as good as the other ones, but it's still quite good. Freddie Francis directed it and Freddie Francis is another hammer staple. He's done so many hammer movies. Um, and this is a really good one. This is a big thumbs up. It's even more graphic, I think, than the other ones, but it's not quite as scary. Uh, so it loses a little bit of that feel, but it's still, uh, it's still big thumbs up. Um, so I highly recommend that one. Uh, let's see here. So next up is from 1970, Taste the Blood of Dracula. This one here has a great opening scene. Um, with, it's almost like they're trying to outdo the other, the next one and the next one and the next one with, with their, uh, um, with their resurrection of Dracula. And this is no exception. This one here, taste the blood of Dracula is three middle-aged distinguished gentlemen are searching for some excitement in their boring lives and get in contact with one of Count Dracula's servants. And in doing so, um, there's, they have the sem, uh, the ceremony, with a little bit of Dracula's blood, and one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden, uh, Dracula is back, and he's out to um, take care of the guys that, that brought him back, and of course, buxom blonde ladies, he's out to to uh, to sink his teeth into them too, of course, and in the small town with the fog machines and copious amounts of bloodshed and this one here i mean we're getting now now we're getting into some nudity and it's getting a little bit more exploitative uh it's still fun but it's it's just it's it's exploitative and it it's starting to feel not as classic uh but still good movie uh next up is scars of dracula and this one was directed by roy ward baker and another another guy from Hammer that made a lot of movies from, for them. Uh, I like this one as well. This one here is even less than the previous one as far as scares. It's starting to feel more and more cheesy. Uh, this one here has Dracula with a... He has a lot of times he's got these blood red contact eye, eyes in and it's so creepy, uh, the lenses that they use. But this one here, it's it's really noticeable, his red eyes. Um, but it's... Uh, more the same. Young man Paul, Paul Carlson is on a trip and spends the night at Count Dracula's castle. Need, uh, needless to say, he is murdered. After some time has passed, the young man's brother Simon uh, comes to the small town where all the traces end to look for him. So, um, again, it's it's we have people doing stupid things that bring Dracula back to life, and then townspeople or a brother or a family member or someone is out to avenge them and kill Dracula once and for all. And, uh, again, again, good movie, solid thumbs up. Um, 
I don't have as many memories of these later Draculas because I haven't watched them as much. Uh, because they're not as good, but whereas something like Dracula Prince of Darkness and the original Dracula would get a like four and a half out of five from me, these get more like three, uh, maybe three and a half depending on my mood, uh, but they're still ex- immensely watchable, but they're just a little bit more cheesy. Uh, I think that, that Scars is the first one that really starts to show its budget. It's like, ooh, okay, they're cutting corners and they're... They weren't bringing in the money that they had been. Uh, we're into 1970, and it's getting long in the tooth, and it's, you know, let's move on here. And they're still pumping out other movies as well. So Hammer Studios is, they're pumping out so many movies that I think that some of these just got, they didn't have enough time to breathe. And uh, Scars and Taste the Blood of Dracula, those came out in less than a year apart from each other. And so it's like, it's just too much of a good thing. So... Anyway, after after Scars, now we get into uh, into some really cheesy Dracula stuff. Here's where it goes downhill pretty fast for me. Uh, now, now we're in the 70s. This Dracula AD 1972 was made in 1972, and they tried to refreshen it uh, just because things had things were changing so much in 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 America with horror movies. Night of the Living Dead had come out. Um, and Exorcist was, you know, I believe that Exorcist had been made at this point. Uh, so they're really trying to modernize their movies. And Dracula AD 1972 is, is one such example. And there's a lot of good in this movie, um, but there's also a lot of silly. And this movie here is um, Johnny Alucarda, which is Dracula spelled backwards, uh, raises Count Dracula from the dead in London in 1972. The Count goes after the descendants of Van Helsing. So the beginning, we have a big scene where Van Helsing is, finally supposedly kills Dracula, which would be P- uh, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee duking it out in the very beginning of the movie. Then we jump to 1972. Now we're officially in modern times, which when the movie was set. Um, and these really crazy-looking hit poorly acting hippies uh, bring him back from the dead. And that's one of the best parts of the movie is the resurrection scene is it's like, it's hardcore evil. Like they're talking, you know, Satan bring back Dracula, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's pretty hardcore. I'm like, man, this is, this is pretty evil for, for an old school hammer Dracula movie. Um, But they bring him back. And then from there, things just kind of go downhill because it's, it's their, they're swinging 60s types, and the music is kind of swinging 60s, and it's not gothic anymore, but it's still watchable. I, I still give it a thumbs up. I still enjoyed it, and um, uh, I would definitely say watch it. Uh, the last one is Satanic Rites of Dracula, and Satanic Rites of Dracula um, is is by far the uh, the least of the of the Dracula movies, in my opinion. Uh, made in 1973 in London in the 1970s, Scotland Yard police investigators think they have uncovered a case of vampirism. They call in an expert vampire researcher named Van Helsing, uh, who of course is um, a descendant of the great vampire hunter himself, to help them put a stop to these hideous crimes. It becomes apparent that the culprit is Count Dracula himself, disguised as a reclusive property developer, but secretly plotting to unleash a fatal virus upon the world. And it sounds really, really good, and it has its moments. But it's just that set in modern times for back then, it just doesn't work like the the other ones that are set back 
way back when with the horse-drawn carriages and stuff. And it, it's just, it dates these movies so much when they're set in modern times and they have the modern type attire and the music and whatever. These movies feel like the, – the Dracula movies feel like they need to stay back in horse-drawn carriage times and big castles instead of the swinging 60s and the, the funky styles of the early 70s. It's still good enough, but um, – if you're only going to watch a couple Dracula movies, definitely put that one on your skip list. It's still fun, but it's it's uh, a very much weaker entry in that whole series. So, And I just breezed over these. There's so much more information on these movies. There's so much more fun, uh, fun discussion on these movies and cool stuff in the movies and scary stuff and the gothic atmosphere and the music and... The acting, um, especially the first couple ones, I got to tell you, these are classic movies. If you're a, a fan of classic cinema, if you're a fan of Alfred Hitchcock, and you're a fan of um, of just the classic cinema, the, the first couple ones have it in spades. Especially the first one. Um, subsequent ones get, get more and more horror oriented as far as okay, let's try and up the the violence, let's try and up the nudity and the the sexual tension in the movie. Um, but that first one nails the classic movie feel. Uh, and then as each one goes on, it, it loses a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, but they're all watchable. Um, and I could go on and on about the, the uniqueness of these movies, uh, how, how much fun a lot of them are, um, the different actors that, that continually reappear in the movies as different characters, because that's how they did things back then. It's just, they have this big acting troupe that, okay, we're going to, now you're this person. Now you're this person. Now you're the bartender. Now you're the, now you're the barmaid and now you're this and this and this, and let's redecorate this set. Let's take all the, the things in the bar and let's put them in a castle because now that's a room in the castle. And it's great. I love that. I love how they repurposed stuff. They kept the budgets low, but the uh, ingenuity and, and the stories as fresh as they could. It's like they were trying to do what, Roger Corman and stuff, you know, companies like Troma and whatever are doing still to this day is pumping out movies, keeping on low budget and doing all they could to, to make a profit, you know? So, um, anyway, I, I highly recommend watching hammer movies, especially the Dracula series. They're my favorite ones of the, the hammer, the hammer studios movies. I've watched a lot of hammer movies. They're the best. Although there is some other treasures to be found and I'll deal with those at a later date. Uh, but because I don't want to, I don't want to just brush over them. So anyway, that's going to do it for me today. Please seek these movies out. Even if you can't get them on Blu-ray, they are available on DVD and I highly recommend that you, you seek them out. Uh, and in fact, uh, there is a four pack of Dracula movies, uh, from Warner Brothers, which includes Horror of Dracula. That's the original one. Um, and it's cheap, although keep in mind that I believe that this one here does not have the extended scene of Dracula being killed in the end. And it really does add something to the movie. So I would I, I would tell you to try to seek out the uncut version of Dracula. Um, and if you have to import it, import it. It's worth it. Trust me. It's awesome. Um, so anyway, you can get hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com if you have any, have any questions or want me to watch something or just want to chime in. I would love to hear from you. 
Make sure you listen to my sister show, uh, Movie Freaks. It's Movie Freaks podcast over on YouTube. And, of course, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. They're on iTunes. Um, we all love movies. We all love talking about movies. So um, it's been a pleasure as always. And until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks for listening.